Hello there. How pleasant of you to join us. Greetings, exalted one. Join me. This is the way. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> What's Hi. up, Star Wars friends? This is Anthony, and welcome back to Galaxy Palooza, a Star Wars podcast of galactic proportions. And in this episode of the podcast, I got a guest again. That's right. We got the homie Till from Bullseye Womp Rats joining us for What's this episode. And uh, he's just a Star Wars Disney dad, has a Instagram page called Bullseye Womp Rats, where he's sharing his Star Wars experiences with the rest of the fandom. What's going on, Till? Not too much, brother. You just, uh, you know, got over a cold. I've been off the air on the <laughs> podcast much longer than I anticipated on on being off the air. I got sick. My kids got sick. Then I got sick. Everybody was sick. And we were just all sick, you know. But uh, it's good to be well again. Got in the back to tank. Took care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. I, I, I hear that. Um, I had two out of three sick and was sick myself for about a week, so... Yeah, so you know how it goes being 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 a dad and you know Star Wars dad, Disney dad, all that stuff. You actually yeah. on your page, you post a lot of cool content from Galaxy's Edge um, over there in Walt Disney World. I, I think it's is it what are they called over there? What are the actual park they have Galaxy's Edge? Because I know you're over on the East Coast. It's so it's in uh, it's in Hollywood Studios section of the Disney World, right? Um, and it's it's kind of tucked in the back. It's where the old backlot tour used to be. Okay. But it's uh, it's quickly becoming our favorite park because um, they're you know they're constantly adding new new rides and stuff like that. So it's yeah yeah it's um that I we were gonna go there we were we we started planning a trip and then okay. once we were like looked at it we're like uh, we're just gonna do Disneyland we're like because it was like I didn't realize like you had to buy a ticket for like three different parks like there's yeah, the four. Magical Kingdom four. four okay four parks. But I was like, uh, four different tickets. And then I like, we added all the rides together that were at like total between all of the parks. And we're like, well, Disneyland and California Adventure got more. So we'll just stay on, stay on the West Coast. And it was a little bit cheaper that way too, to do that. Yeah. But definitely when the kids get a little bit older, I got a, uh, my daughter, my oldest just turned nine and my youngest is six. So uh, when they get a little bit older, I think we're going to head out that way and, and check out those parks because it's definitely something that uh, you got to do. You got to, you got to see Walt yeah. Disney World and all those spots over there. So what, like, you know, when I take my kids to the theme parks, you know, one, like one of the hardest things to do in surviving the theme parks is making them get the bathroom out of them. Before we get in line for a ride, I mean, like we'll be in line for like they'll go to the bathroom and then we'll be we'll be like in line and then like we're eh, maybe halfway there then like dad mom gotta go to the bathroom <laughs> so so, <laughs> so like that's my biggest challenge when I go to the parks is making sure that yeah. their their bladders are empty before we're in like a long line because some of those lines get ridiculous ridiculous yeah. But uh, how how do how what's what are some tips you have for surviving Disneyland and you know overall theme parks with with uh, children? So I have two standing rules, right? I, I and I go to Disney World a lot, and you know, so I guess that being said, I know where all the bathrooms are. Okay. So I have like strategically in my mind already. If we're going, you know, to say we're riding Smuggler's Run, I know that there's a you know a bathroom on the way here or there, and you know, we hit that up before we go just to make sure that that doesn't happen. And my second rule is I don't wait in line for more than an hour. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I try to manage the, what is now the genie plus system, you know, the old fast pass system. We try to manage that to the best of our ability. And, you know, because we go a lot, we, we have the luxury to say, Hey, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to make this one, but we'll, we'll just catch it next time. Okay. And they're, they're kind of used to that. So, you know, that's kind of how we manage the expectations of, you know, d doing what we do. But as far as like, you know, getting to the bathroom, you might, you might also be trying to win an uphill battle there because, you know, never yeah. fails. At some point, no matter what you do, one of them is going to be like, or for us, you know, we got, we have a 15 month old. So okay. we got to change diapers. Well, that's, in convenient. That, that, that's a little bit more. You could just change. I know we used to change, uh, um, diapers in the stroller at Disneyland. Like, yeah. uh, back when my oldest, my, my, both my girls were young actually, but I, I, I vividly have memories for some reason. My 
young my oldest daughter the first time we took her there because it was like for her first birthday like hey let's take her to disneyland she'll never remember it but we will (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) your memory (laughs) yeah so galaxy's edge uh so what's one of your what's your favorite ride at galaxy's edge i know i think they only got two over there as well correct on on uh, over at the hollywood studios right yeah yeah, they have the Smuggler's Run and Rise of Resistance. I think it's it's pretty much a carbon copy of what you guys have. Yeah. Okay. All um, right. And it's I would say Rise of the Resistance. As far as the theming goes, you know, I guess we could we could talk about the sequel trilogy here. Yeah, in, yeah, in we can talk minute, about but, the sequels, all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but as far as the ride being put together and the Imagineering and the engineering and all of the things that make it what it is. It's phenomenal. I mean, the, the 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 overall experience from the queue to the the shuttling to going through the ride is is just awesome, and it's super immersive. Um, you know, the cast member acting is just on point, spot on, um, and it it literally for just a few minutes, whatever it is, fifteen twenty minutes, puts you in that in that world, and it's it's just cool to exist within it, and you know, go by an ATAT, and it, it it's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. And yeah, the the cast members, they don't play around. They they're like they're like committed to those roles. I think it was the second time we wrote it. My da- my daughter, she's like, "I don't want to get put in jail, so you know, let's just say we're with the for- first order, dad." I was like I was like, "Okay, we'll <laughs> say we're with the first order." You know, so we're in line. It's uh, and it's uh, me uh, my two daughters and my wife, and uh, so then they say, "Bring your group up," and it's right before the part of the ride where they kind of send you to your cell, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I and I'm up there, and my my daughter's like, "Remember, remember, we're with the first order." So the the imperial officers come up to you, and they're like, "How many in your group?" I was like, "Well, you know, there's four of us, but we're with the first order. We're just transporting these two prisoners right here." And they just kind of look at you like, "What?" You know, like, nice. like and they just <laughs> they don't like that. no laugh, no don't no break in character, just just. Mm, I see. Go over there, and then they got these little <laughs> pins, and they're I, I I can't remember what they are, but it's all the Imperials have them even in the movies. They look like little flashlights, almost little silver things, up in mm. their lapel. And I'm just messing with them. I'm like, hey, are those death sticks in there? Are you carrying death sticks? And it, like, no smile. Just <laughs> yeah, they don't break character. It's it's great. There's a I got a video on my Instagram of one of the guys and. He's just awesome, man. I forget his name, but I put it. I put it in the tagline. I figured out who who he was. Okay. Um, and I'm just like, hey, man, shout out to this cat because he's fantastic. Yeah, they don't play. And I I like all the engineering too, and all that. How it looks, the look of it. I mean, it's just yeah. phenomenal. But yeah, I feel what you're saying about the air that the the. the that it's set in you know i i got you we talk a little a little about that so yeah. huge sequels fan right <laughs> nah <laughs> not necessarily and i guess maybe the it's it's the place where i'm coming from right like i grew up watching star wars and i think the first time i saw it was like when i was 10 right so my parents were like hey star wars is on tv and we're like great what's the, what's that and then they showed us, you know, in proper order, they showed us episode four. Okay. And then we saw episode five, obviously, you know, Empire Strikes Back. And I remember sitting there and when the reveal happens that Darth Vader is, is Luke's father, I was like, no. Right. I had the same, same reaction that Luke had. And, and then I think them, cause it, you know, this was on like, cable tv so we had to wait i think three or four months for the return of the jedi to be aired it wasn't like a they aired it you know in in sequence we had to wait and the whole time i was like are you sure can this be true like what's happening and then you know yoda confirms it and it's late going back later and listening to george lucas and his thoughts on you know why he did it why he had yoda reveal it and he, because he was like, kids will never believe it if it's anybody other than Yoda, right? So I was part of that group that was, you know, that he intended to target as far as audience goes. And you know, I remember with my best friend, you know, we didn't have Lego sets, we didn't have lightsabers like what the kids have today. We had to make all that stuff on our own. And you know, I remember drawing up plans for how to build an ATAT and like digging through boxes of Legos and just finding gray pieces and. 
you know, it was just, it was just neat. So I have maybe a different emotional tie to the, yeah, to the overall Star Wars existence and world and, and, and how people perceive it. Yeah, but I thought the sequels were pretty much garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I didn't hate the sequels when they came out at all. It, I liked mm-hmm. them. I grew up on the original trilogy too. Like I saw, you know, I saw a New Hope in the theater before it was called a New Hope when they did the re-release, like in 1982. Oh. I remember my mom took us to the theater. We saw that. I remember sitting in the theater seeing Empire Strikes Back. You know, I had my, wow. my, my action figure toy I was holding while watching the movie. And when the big reveal happened, you know, and, and of course, I remember um, Return of the Jedi when I saw Luke do that backflip on uh, that skiff, you know, over uh, over the Sarlacc yeah. pit. I was like, I want to be like him. And I was just yep. like hooked from there, you know, those experiences. But yeah, I enjoyed all of those movies. Prequels, loved them. It was interesting, yep. though. Like, I remember a lot of my friends hated the prequels, and I was like, this shit's dope. We got Star Wars, dude. I don't even yep. care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Then the sequels, I wasn't expecting much. I'm like, when they came out, I was just like, okay, cool. We're going to get some new Star Wars right on. Yeah. And at the time, I was super excited because I loved Lost, and I heard JJ was mm-hmm. doing it. And I was like, same oh, here. this is going to be sick. You know, and Force Awakens yep. was cool. Last Jedi, I didn't hate it but it definitely blew like it wasn't what i expected it to be and then rise of skywalker i still enjoy but like they haven't held up over time for me i'm not as uh yeah as uh like oh i can go back and rewatch that it's like i don't really rewatch them that much anymore they don't i can go back and put the prequels on i can put on a um the original trilogy, I could put on in Mando. You know what I mean? But I did. Yeah. I like. I can't even tell you how many times I've rewatched Mando. Is it probably a sickening amount of times? <laughs> yeah. But and you know, it's not coming from a place of hate. It, it's not that I hate them either. I I think what it was for me was that the Force Awakens. I feel like set up so many good plot points, and I loved Ray. I thought you know she had great potential as a character. Um, her arc throughout the movie kind of, I feel like was kind of disappointing just because there was no, to me, there was no growth. Like she was just here and she had all these powers and, you know, she, she bested Kylo in the, in their, in their match in the woods. And I was, you know, I was kind of expecting a reunion between Luke and Han or Luke and Leia or something. Right. And then it, it never came, but I was like, all right, well, that's, you know, JJ Abrams mystery box, right? He's, He's going to try to trick you or do something that you're not expecting. And then I think what happened to me is I fell down the YouTube rabbit hole and I was watching every theory and, you know, all the way to the point where like Ezra Bridger is Snoke. Oh, shit. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. I That's actually, funny. I actually thought it was a really good theory or that Ray was Obi-Wan's granddaughter, which I know, liked that one. I heard that one. Could have worked out. Um, because there's a lot of threads that you could tie in with Satine and Obi-Wan and Sabine being related to them because they're from the clan Wren. Yeah. So I, I think that could have worked, but yeah, then we got the last Jedi and it was just, yeah, it that was broke uh, it for me. It blew like first thing about the last Jedi that like, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I cuss on this podcast. It's okay. I, I don't know if, if your kids are going to listen to it. Uh, what the bleep? Uh, but, all good. All right. But uh, it was um, Finn. Just, I, w- I was like, okay, this dude's going to be a Jedi. Finn's yes. dope. Love this cat. And also, I was rooting for the, the Finn and Ray hookup, not the Kylo Ray hookup. I wasn't a Raylo. Yeah. But uh, I was, I thought, oh, that's cool. Like, they're going to, like, like he, like, I thought he, like, they had, like, some kind of chemistry. Then, like, it was just yeah. all out the window in the next movie. And I was just, and I had not gone down the Star Wars rabbit hole in years. I didn't go, go down it after The Force Awakens. I was like, okay, this is cool. I like it awesome mm-hmm. i'm just gonna hang out you know because i went down the rabbit hole hard with the prequels and i was like all right i, I pretty much spoiled those for myself you know like because i knew everything that was gonna happen in yeah well as much as what could get leaked at that time i i, I sure. was pretty much up on everything that was gonna happen and i was like okay i'm just gonna chill I'm not gonna go sp- 
to spoiler town. I'm just going to wait patiently. Plus, I had some other things that was just keeping me busy. And then when the um, Last Jedi came out, and then that's when I went down the rabbit hole after that. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> then, yeah. then I got sucked into YouTube and all that stuff and all the theories and all that stuff. And that was an interesting time just in general just to be sucked into YouTube because there was just a, a lot of hate, hate out there. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't hate the, the prequels. I didn't hate the movie. If anything, like I think Ryan accomplished his admission of just trying to get the what the what the hell yeah. out of people. Sub- you know, Subverting I mean? expectations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he, he accomplished that because I was like, what is this? Okay, now I'm back in. I'm going back down the rabbit hole, reading all the yeah. books, all that stuff. And uh, so in a sense, you know, it, it sucked me back into it onto the level. Now I'm doing a podcast about it. Like back in the day, yeah. I used to get on message boards and, you know, chat about Star Wars and write fan fictions and stuff like that during the prequel times. Nice. But... Um, yeah, so I got sucked back into it, and I don't like it. It's fun. I've been in a weird place though lately with Star Wars, man. Like, uh, like this whole Andor thing is kind of, kind of like my mind's been like, what? <laughs> you know, I like, I tried, yeah. I watched the show, but like, I don't. I'm just like, I'm watching it just because it's Star Wars. If it wasn't Star Wars, I would not be watching it. Yeah, and it for me, I haven't gotten to Andor yet, so I think I'm through episode two. Um, okay. And I just can't, it's not sucking me in. Like, it's not capturing me the way I, th- I thought it would. Because I think it's a cool story to tell. But I also have somewhat of a, I guess maybe an apprehension. Because I know the outcome, right? Yeah. I know what happens in Rogue One. So maybe that's part of why I'm not, like, you know, rushing to see it. But, you know, you mentioned the Tales of the Jedi earlier. How did you feel about that? I loved Tales of the Jedi. Should have been longer, more longer episodes and more episodes. I hope we get a season two. And then I, I have even heard some people say, "Hey, how about a Tales of the Sith?" I'm all for that too. Um, yeah. So yeah, Tales of the Jedi was great. I loved all of it. I loved all the Dooku stuff the best out of all the episodes uh, that they had. What about you? Yeah, I loved it too. I. And like you, you know, I thought it should have been longer. And I think maybe because it was so short, it's why I enjoyed it so much, just because they they were able to pack. And, you know, I guess just kind of going off on a tangent, one of the things I really appreciate about Star Wars in general is the ability to tell the story, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't get too hung up on, like, CGI or the quality of things because, to me if you're telling a great story, none of that really matters because the original trilogy, you know, that yes, there was a lot of technology that they had to create um, in order to make the movie work. But as far as CGI, CGI goes, like you knew some of the stuff wasn't real and that was okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, going back to how short and condensed the, the tales of the Jedi were, I just appreciated how much was in there that you didn't know before and you know even how it explained what ahsoka was doing during order 66 or yeah you know i never knew that dooku turned i guess spoilers um that dooku turned that close to order 66 that it was qui-gon dying that kind of pushed him over the edge yeah Um, that was super interesting because like Go go ahead and finish, and I'll, I'll piggyback on that. If, oh no, I was, yeah, I was okay. just saying that it was it was Qui Gon dying that pushed him over the edge, and you know gave him that emotional like, I, yeah, I guess momentum or motivation to say, you know what, I'm I've had it with this, you know, I've had my reservations with the Jedi Order for years, um, but now I'm really done. Yeah, and that's more like in line with the Star Wars Legends old EU stuff, expanded universe, mm. like all the books and comics. Like uh, it's been a while since I dived into the, you know, that, that time era, but I, I do seem to remember like there was a thing of Dooku and the old EU saying it like, basically if one more Jedi dies, I, I'm out, you know what I mean? Like, and, um, okay. and, uh, it was kind of, and that might not been his exact words, but it was a long, you know, that was his general feeling. And then, um, and that was, you know, the old canon, et cetera. And then they had a book come out, you know, when they relaunched the the Disney canon of Star Wars. They had this book called, it was actually an audio drama too, called Dooku Jedi Lost. Freaking dope. 
awesome story. Mm -hmm. But Dooku's story is a little bit more different in this Dooku Jedi Lost book than they even told it in Tales of the Jedi. So it's, I mean, I don't mind when canon gets crapped on as far as the books go. I read the books, but I was mm. used to George Lucas, like, crapping on canon all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was like somebody would do something in the books and George Lucas would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it this way. And, uh, and I was fine with it. It was like, so that doesn't bother me. I think some people are mad that, like, the, the tales of the Jedi kind of crapped on canon books a little bit, but I think it works. I loved because it because I think it was more in line with the old Dooku story, which I like better. Plus, I love mm. to see how Kamino that was deleted from the Jedi archives. Yes, like that was one thing that um, I'd always like like thought about, and you know, way back when Attack, ever since Attack of the Clones, you know, that was always like yeah. a thing, like like how who's, they get who's Master Sifo-Dyas. Yeah, like who's Sifo-Dyas? That was like a big thing in the in the old, um, you know, like in the old days, you know, when the Attack of the Clones came out. It's like everybody's who's Sifo-Dyas? What what is this Sifo-Dyas guy? And, yeah. and I think they did cover him a little bit um, in the old EU. I don't remember though. Like it was just so many yeah. books and stories that just fly by. It's hard to commit all that stuff to memory. But uh, like he he is in there. I liked. Uh, I, now I believe Dooku actually like kills him at some point. Like in Disney canon, if they're going off, of, if they're going to use any of the Dooku Jedi Lost story, like Sifo-Dyas kind of has like this. Um, him and Dooku, along with this other Jedi, are on this um, excursion, this mission, whatever. Don't remember the details in the book, but they go into mm -hmm. this almost like dark side cave, and they all get visions of like the future and darkness and Dooku basically sees in a nutshell, you know, in a star Wars vision, not detailed, like what's to come in, of the galaxy. Okay. And, um, Sifo Dyas, when he comes out of that, like, he's just not meant, it breaks him mentally. And he's just like off ever, all after that. Like, so he's, okay. it just, but now I don't, this is like the new Disney stuff. I don't remember what Sifo Dyas story was in the, in the old, eu at all but uh so and so sifo like at some point i'm gonna assume that dooku basically kills him or you know and you know you pretends to be him or he dies some other way that was another thing i really liked about tales of the jedi we get yaddle's backstory like do you ever remember hearing like oh like yaddle died somewhere in between attack of the clones i'm not attack of the clones, yeah. somewhere between uh, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, that was always like she just died. And you never knew how. Like, I love right. how Tales of the Jedi, like, say, hey, explain that story. That was awesome. Yeah, and it's, I guess it might it might put to rest the whole Grogu backstory, whether he's, you know, Yoda and Yaddle's son or yeah, or not. But, um, yeah, because she was on the council when Anakin was in there, you know, in, in episode one. And then she disappears. So now you know this is how it happened. Yeah, super cool. Loved that. Loved how we got got that in there. Um, how are you? How are you? Um, what how, you love Mando, right? I know you love Mando, right? Yeah. So you're looking forward to season three? Yes, absolutely. What are your expectations? Like, what do you think we're gonna go with this with this season? Where are we gonna go? I don't know. I I think it's gonna tell. Or in my opinion, I, it almost has to tell the story of what happens now that he has the dark saber. You know, where do we go from here? Is he is he going to rule Mandalore? Is he going to reunite um, the Mandalorians? You know, because we don't really know what happens to Mandalore in this timeline at this point. Right. Um, I thought the the Mandalore plot in Clone Wars was awesome. Yeah. I thought the Mandalore piece that we got in Rebels was was really good too, um, you know. But it is riddled with civil war and you know tribal clans, etc. So, yeah, I think the only the only real reason why we're telling the Mandalorian story or why they're telling the Mandalorian story is to to clean that up and give you know give the fans not fan service in that sense, but just you know just th there's a whole whole story to tell. They should tell it in my opinion oh yeah totally they, i mean and mandalorians are just dope anyway like to look yeah. that's one thing i loved about mandalorian when it first came out 
because I was like, finally, we got a good guy that has all these cool toys, you know, like, because <laughs> all the bad guys always have all the cool shit. It is like, and it's True. like, uh, and, but I'm like, oh, fine. And of course, in the beginning, you know, it's, it's skeptical what, what Din is going to be, but, you know, by episode three, we know he's going to be a good guy uh, of mm. the Mandalorian. So, but yeah, that's one thing I loved. And plus, like, I've always wanted to see Mandalorians in live action. I don't know if you remember the old fan-made trailer, saw it online before Attack of the Clones came out. And it basically was like the clone army was going to be Mandalorians. And whoever did it at the time, like, was really good because they had, like, Mandalorians in there as if they were, like, tons of Mandalorians, like, in there as, like, if they were the, you know, supposed to be the clones. And it was a really cool, like, uh, um, fan-made video, you know, back before Attack of the Clones. And then ever since I saw that, I was like, man, I would love to see, like, multiple Mandalorians on screen just doing stuff. Because, and then we get it in, you know, the Clone Wars, super cool. I liked it, but nothing compares to live action. Like, I I love live action. Me too. Did you like Rebels? I loved Rebels. Rebels was awesome. Took me by surprise, too. Because, like, I wasn't the, like, when Clone Wars first came out, I went to the theater and I saw that movie that, uh, I don't know, it was like, mm-hmm. I think it was like... The, the Clone Wars. Yeah, the Clone Clone Wars movie. I saw that and I was like, that was weird. <laughs> like, I wasn't, I was like, it just yeah. threw me. And I was just like, all right. I mean, it was cool, but I just was like, it just threw me. And at the time I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Then I I didn't really like the animation that much for some reason, like... I, I yeah. love the old, um, did you, the micro series Clone Wars? Like, do you yeah. remember that stuff? I think it's Jindy mm-hmm. Tervinsky is the guy's name. Like, I think. Yeah, so I, I like it. I was more, I liked that other animation better. I, I just, maybe it's what I grew up on mainly, you know, old, like cheesy 80s animation. When then <laughs> when they got into the video game look, I mean, it looks cool. It looks realistic. It just took a long ass time to grow on me. And then, um, rebels loved it like off the bat i was like wow this is amazing you know nothing about the animation bothered me i felt like i was watching saturday morning cartoons again when when that came out. yes same here 100 percent. i was i never watched clone wars i watched that movie that came out in theaters and i was like all right cool that you know star wars but um i was also in in a different place in my life i wasn't watching a whole lot of star wars you know it just wasn't, you know. I maybe I was too cool for too cool for school at the, at well, the yeah, time. Well, yeah, it happens right? sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And but after my son, I think he was four at the time. Maybe, you know, I was like, how do I get him into Star Wars? Um, I remember turning on A New Hope at one point, and he was like, and you know, because he was young, he didn't he didn't get it, he didn't understand, he wasn't watching anything live action. And then Rebels came out, and I was like, hey, let's watch this. And three, four episodes in, I was like, okay, now I'm hooked. Yeah. And so we got to watch Rebels together. And then, you know, I, I started learning about Dave Filoni and how he tells his story and, you know, how he was taken under George Lucas's wing. And I was like, okay, now I got to go back and rewatch all the Clone Wars. And I love that too. I just, I, I like how he fills in the blanks but it doesn't feel forced right it doesn't feel like oh i have to tell you this it's just that aha moment where you're like oh so that's what happened here yeah i see what you're basically kind of like kind of most recently tells of the jedi right we mm-hmm. get he did a great job of filling in the blanks with well all the dooku stuff and then like putting ahsoka in there at padme's funeral like the, yeah super cool like way to just to kind of put it in there and just like all right cool she was at the funeral nice (laughs) yeah because you're wondering the whole time because it is weird that you're adding this main character in but you never see her in live action in the original six films and you know you're like if she's so integral to the story where is she and you know it's kind of becomes apparent that like she wasn't on George Lucas's radar. It wasn't a character that he wanted to tell the story about. But, you know, being able to to develop that character and 
plug her into those key events, I think just helps drive her story forward. And, you know, they're coming out with the Ahsoka series. And I wonder if it's, if the tie-ins are almost a, a forward look to, you know, Hey, this is how great this show is going to be. Yeah. I, what are you looking forward to Ahsoka a lot? What, what's the most thing you're looking forward to about like the most about that show? Well, cause I, I guess I'm looking forward to it because I don't really know what happens to her, right? We have, have you heard that theory that um, they're going to use Ahsoka to retcon the uh, the sequel trilogy? I have heard that theory, um, and it's a cool theory. But the only thing, like, I really don't think they'll ever retcon the sequels. Like, I just, only because of, look at Galaxy's Edge, for example. It is sure. themed 100%. And they spilled over a billion dollars building each each park. Like, unless yeah. they just completely re-theme it, you know, like, to, to I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, it's cool. I like that theory. I've, I've seen it. I've heard it. And I think it'd be cool. If, yeah. Or even if they said like, oh, well, here's an alternate timeline. We're not necessarily retconning it, but this is the way things could have gone. You know, they could, I don't know, you know, but I think, I just don't think they would do that. They're going to retcon it, but it, I'm not opposed to it. If they do, they yeah, do. And you know. I think the alternate timeline, because it's, it's going to have to be based on the world between worlds that they introduce in Rebel, right? Rebels. Because the logo looks like it. Yeah. And... The theory, you know, that, that I'm talking about basically just said, and you know it, but, you know, if somebody that's listening or tuning in doesn't know it, it basically talks about when Ray hears all the Jedi in the battle between her and Palpatine, Ahsoka's voice is in there. So the assumption is that at that point she had to have been dead. Yeah. Right? So if she's not dead then the timeline had to have been changed somewhere. So, and it goes into, you know, the, the assumption is made that trying to piece it back together. Um, but the assumption is that Ezra pulled her out from the battle with Anakin in Rebels, mm -hmm. saving her life, meaning at this point now she is alive which means she was able to send Din to the temple, which is where he was able to send out a call for Luke, which then helped, you know, save Grogu from the Empire. And I guess the inverse of that theory is that if none of these things happen, Grogu falls into the hands of the Empire, they're able to clone him, thus getting the Metachlorian counts for the clones up to a point where Palpatine can then you know, transfer his essence into yeah. a clone. Um, so it's potentially already changed. Yeah. Um, but I think Ahsoka is just a super interesting character. And I was telling my best friend the other day, because him and I, you know, we always talk Star Wars too. And I was like, I Luke used to be my favorite character. Mm -hmm. But Ahsoka is quickly becoming my, my favorite character just because... I like who she is. I like how integral she is to the Star Wars story overall. Um, and I think there's just so much more story to tell, um, especially because she doesn't fall into the, the dogmatic approach of the Jedi. Yeah. That, so she's the Dooku on the good side. Yeah, totally. I, I totally see that. Yeah, about just to jump back a little bit to the whole world between worlds, Thing now, Dave Filoni did say at one point, just because we hear Ahsoka in the Rise of Skywalker doesn't mean she's dead. So that's one interesting thing. Another thing, I, there was this bonus footage on um one of the Rebels seasons, and probably the last season, because that's where they did the world world between worlds during that last mm -hmm. season. But Filoni is kind of explaining the world between worlds, and he's like, look, it's not like time travel. It's like just a place where all time comes together. Mm -hmm. Like, So I thought that was really interesting. Like, And then to piggyback on that, like, so like where the world between worlds, like, you know, where that portal or whatever could occur or happen, 
Yeah. I guess there has to be a, a, a there was a virgins in the force. Now there has to be like a virgins in the force. And uh and one really interesting thing is Exegol that where that final battle takes place in the Rise of Skywalker and visual dictionary, they, they say there is a, a, a virgins in the force. There's a matter of fact that pit that like mm-hmm. I think it's that uh, Ben Solo kind of gets yeeted into and then he climbs out of. Um that's supposed to be like so, I've heard some people say like, "Yeah, they're going to use that to maybe bring Ben Solo back too." Like, there's all kinds of wild theories out there, but um, yeah. So, I mean, they could do anything. They could do a multiverse in Star Wars if they wanted to. They're, the possibilities are yeah. endless. Now, if they did it, I don't know. I don't know if they would, but um, yeah, it, I'm not opposed to alternate timelines. You know, they could still have the 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 sequels, and then we can go. Oh, this what would happen if none of that happened? You know, yeah. but uh, I think for Luke, you know, there definitely needs to at least be some deep storytelling. You know, as to why he ended up the way he did. You know, and not just yeah. because Ben has a bad dream. You know, type stuff. You know, I know that's the cliche shit, everybody, but it, it's true. It's like right. You, you need to give me more. Because I'm not buying exactly. it. You, you, like, no, same here. How do uh, you go from the guy that shows up in Mandalorian to the guy that's on on Octu? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And like, yeah, so Ben turns, kills everybody. Luke's not turning after that. I mean, not, not, turn, not turning his back. You know what I mean? He's not just going to yeah. walk away. I mean, I, I, so I need more context, all that. What do you think about Skeleton Crew coming out? That's going to be in the Mandoverse, supposed to tie into Mando, you know, all Ahsoka, all those shows. I don't know. You know, I, I haven't watched The Bad Batch yet either. I think I watched maybe two two episodes of that. Okay. Um for me, it's a lot about time management. You know, it, there's a oh, lot yeah. of content out there that you got to try to get caught up on. And if you don't read the books, you know, you're missing out on X, yeah. Y, and Z point. And, you know, I'm just with three kids. I just don't have the time. I so just I stopped reading the books. I just stopped. I was like, I can't like keep up anymore. It's too much like time management. I feel you. I got a family yeah. and it's like, I can't. Especially when some of the books just aren't good, I just force my way for, or not, I didn't say not good, but not the best. I used to just mm. force myself through them. I, I got to see what happens. Got to, you know, what, what, how does this tie in everything? Da, 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 da. And I, I'm just like, ah, I'm not done. <laughs> yeah. And to me, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about like how I got so sucked into the YouTube thing after The Force Awakens because I was like, I just, I have to know what happens instead of, you know, just deleting any expectations and just absorbing the content and then judging it rather than saying, ah, oh, well, I didn't expect that. I, you know, I wanted something different. Yeah. Um, you know, where you're letting the creator tell the story they want to tell rather than you wanting to tell them a story that you want and then that doesn't happen and you get disappointed. So I think there's a balance that you have to find, especially if, you know, I wish I could make money and replace my income with make just doing nothing but talking about star Wars. Oh or, yeah. Or Don't we all <laughs> nerd, nerd content. <laughs> yeah. right? But you know, and, and until something like that becomes viable, I just, I would rather just be a consumer. Yeah. Than than actively trying to shape the story. And I mean, I know there's a lot of creators out there on YouTube, et cetera, that are, you know, that have a lot of influence of of how these stories are told and you know it sounds like lucasfilm is starting to to recognize that um i don't want to say course correct but i mean you you saw the reaction when luke showed up and started murking um death troopers yeah you know it it was it was amazing amazing the uh that oh bob Iger, he's back we got to talk a little bit about that he's back what, what, what are your thoughts about about bob Iger being back like just i have some thoughts mine was like i feel like they brought in chapek or whatever his name was right after around covid i feel like they brought him in specifically just to kind of get the parks back in order after you know covid because i always heard he was more of a theme park guy and mm. i feel like now that um you know they've got their uh, maybe they're not, and maybe, or maybe he just wasn't doing something right with the parks. So they got brought him in. But I thought when I saw the Iger was back. Now, 
I know he's responsible for Disney not going the route with the sequels that George Lucas had laid out. So I, I know that. But all that aside, I think he might be back. And I think, to, and it'd be a good thing, not that, not that he might be, that he's back. And I think it's going to be good for Star Wars. I think we'll see more Star Wars movies. We haven't had any since 2019. I know we had the pandemic and all that, but look, Marvel yeah. has movies out now and they went through the pandemic. Um, mm. There's something up with Lucasfilm not being able to get a movie out there. And I, I hope that it's good that he's back. Um, and I think he might be good for Star Wars. What are your thoughts? So I said from the very start, because Iger shut down, I think it was Shanghai, right at the beginning of COVID. I think that was one of his last things. Like, I'm shutting, you know, we're shutting the parks down. And then he stepped down. And I know that he has, like, political aspirations and things like that. But um, I always thought Bob Chapek was kind of the default fall guy. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily fair to him. Um, because he did do great with Parks and Recreation um, when he was running that division. And, you know, I don't think you become CEO of Disney if you don't at least know what you're talking about to a, to a degree. I think he was handed a shit sandwich. Yeah. And he had to figure out how to, how to manage. And I think now that they're, you know, on, on a decent path, it's almost natural to bring Iger back because there is a lot of loss in faith in the brand and, you know, the, the prices continue to go up. I, mean, I was checking the other day, the, the genie plus at Disney world is $29 with $189 ticket price on peak days for the magic kingdom alone. And I'm like, you're literally pricing out the class. And if that's the goal, I mean, if that's the corporate goal, that's fine. Um, but as a fan, to me, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm gonna think twice whether that you know three or four trips a year is is, is really necessary, especially with you know the economic climate that everybody's finding themselves in, with grocery prices being more, and you know we're we're fortunate enough to be able to go to Disney as often as we do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that there's a lot of people out there like, hey, you know, I. It, it, it's be it's beginning to feel like we're no longer welcome, um, and I think that's starting to like thread itself through with cast members. You know, I've, I've experienced cast members in the last two years that were super rude and not as accommodating as they normally would be. My daughter, so this is the most recent trip. She's four. Um. She walked up to one of the cast members that was holding the balloons and pulled out some change from her pocket. And it was like a dollar bill and some pennies. And she held it up to the guy and he was like, sorry, you don't have enough money. Oh. And literally turned around and walked away from her. And I'm like, five years ago, he would have been like, here's the balloon and taken her money, right? But they're yeah. charging $35 for a balloon. Thirty-five for a balloon. Better be able to pull my house off the ground. <laughs> Thirty-five I'm bucks saying. a pot. <laughs> so to me, that you know, I remember taking my my oldest, who's now eleven. We've been every year since two thousand fourteen. We do at least one trip. There was one one year in twenty eighteen when we didn't go. Um, it was when my my daughter was diagnosed and she was going through her her chemo. Uh, we had to like shorthandedly cancel our trip because it was supposed to be three weeks after the, after we found out. Oh, yeah. Um, and we called Disney and they're like, yep, no problem. We refund everything. Not an issue. Um, but our dream was like, as soon as she gets well, we're going to Disney, right? So it's, it's so much part of our family culture that when we don't go, we're like, oh, we miss it. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we didn't go in 21. We went in 20 when the parks had just reopened and there was no one there. And we were like, okay. Because, you know, being that she's a cancer survivor, for us, it was like, you know, we, we kind of hunkered down maybe a lot more than, than most just because we didn't know what, what 
COVID could do to her or, you know, how much immune compromise she still was. So when there was no one in the parks, we still went. Um, in 21, we didn't go, but we've been back since, you know, so for us, it's like a, it's a family thing. It's a family tradition. And I've been able to really tell the, the culture and the climate of how the cast members interact with the people. It's different now. And that to me starts at the top. Um, oh, yeah. And if profit is your only goal, then you know, again, that's fine. But I don't think it validates or, or shows that, you know, people can trust in the brand that the brand is there for them and not for a select few of people. I hear you. Like, oh, the pricing out, it's insane. And like, uh, let's take the, the Galactic Cruiser thing, for example. Like, I love Star Wars. I'm never in my life going to pay $5,000 to stay two nights on no. a galactic, on, a, on, on your cruiser, ever. I'll go to the parks. I'll, I'll t take out a second mortgage to go to the parks. Cool. No, I'm just kidding. No, I will. I'll go to the, I'll go to the parks, you know, spend, spend, spend my kids' college savings there. But I'm paying $5,000 to go on a galactic cruiser. No, but, and then yeah. the, like, we, we went there, like, we've, we've done the same thing. Took my daughter there for her, my oldest daughter for her first birthday. And it was like a thing. We went every year. One year we got the annu annual passes, went a bunch mm. of times. And then you know, I think we skipped like one year, kind of like you did. I don't remember which year it was. But then in, 20, in 2019, end of 2019, I bought annual passes, which were going to be good for a year. COVID mm -hmm. hits. We're supposed to take my youngest daughter there for her fourth birthday, which was in April. Well, Disneyland shut down like two weeks before that. So, and then we, we just went in November, you know, after, so like 29, uh, hadn't been since November, 2019 and just went okay. October, 2022. So like we, we had a little bit of a break and, you know, we were there and I was like, man, do they still do you got any of those annual passes? But uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, we were there because like what I'd done in the past is like I'd get there and I'd be like, we got to come back for some, for her birthday now. So like what yeah, they'll yeah. do, what they used to do is you could take whatever you paid for that trip and put it towards an annual pass. Right. So I yeah. went, I went up and I said, Hey, you guys still do the annual. Cause I was like, cause they're like, we want to come back for this, for that. For us. like, all right, if we're going to do that, I'm going to get the passes now. And that's what we're doing for the birthdays. But I went to go get to see if they still do that. They, they, they switched it to something called magic key, I think. Yeah. And then they weren't selling anymore. Like, no, we're not selling those anymore. It's like, really? I, I just couldn't believe that they told me, no, we're not selling. It's like, everything's for sale here. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, East, East Coast is the same thing. Okay. They sell the, the Florida resident. It's called, I think it's called the Pixie Pass. Um, but it's very limited. It's only weekdays and, you know, lots of blackout dates. And my wife's sister actually has the top tier annual pass from years ago. And she just, she was able to get grandfathered in and she kept renewing it. And she said that one of the policies is now that if they don't ever come back, she can still pass it on and her children will be able to buy it. And I'm like, what is this? The masters? <laughs> I don't know if you watch golf at all, or, but that's, that's how the masters tickets are. And I'm like, this is crazy because uh, we were on the verge of buying the annual pass. And then my daughter got sick and we were like, let's get her through this first. And then the next year we went four times. Um, and we're still like, I mean, we're 350 miles from Orlando. But for us, it's like, you know, hey, we'll just jump in the car and go down. And we know everything. We we're familiar. Uh, it's easy. But then, you know, then they turned off the annual pass in 2020 and just kind of waiting for it to come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it comes back, I, I don't know if I'll, if I'll, I, it depends. I, it usually hits me. I'm at the park and I get that and I, and I have those endorphins going and I'm just like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's yeah, do you don't care when you're there. <laughs> yeah, you don't care. You're just like, yeah, put on my credit card. Cool. I'll, just, just, I'll pay it off eventually. All right. Let's do some Star Wars more or less. You ready for some more or less, Till? Hit me. All right. Here we go. More or less. Light side or dark side? Light side. Light side. All right. Disney Plus shows or movies? Live in the theater. 
theater. More. Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams? The controversial question. J.J. J.J. Luke Skywalker or Anakin Skywalker? Ooh. Luke. Yeah, good good choice. I like that one, too. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, you watched Rebels, right? You watched Rebels, right? Okay, you remember yeah. Maul running through the desert, screaming, Kenobi! Kenobi! Yeah. And you remember the, the sequels where we had Finn running around screaming, Ray! Ray! Okay, Maul and Finn are in a scream-off. Who wins? Maul. All right, Maul wins the scream-off. All right, and then, more or less... Robert Rodriguez or Tony Gilroy? Tony. Less or more of Tony? More. More. All right. More Tony Gilroy. All right. Very good. All right. Now, Star Wars What If. You ready for this one? You were born into the Star Wars universe. You till are in the Star Wars universe. You're born there. You're born there. And you are. You have the option to pick. You're either born on Tatooine. Are the lowest level of Coruscant. Where are you picking? What if? Tatooine. Star- Tatooine. Very good pick. All right. Very cool. I got the uh, hats. I got the shirts. I got it all already. <laughs> all right, bro. Well, dude, uh, I got to get going, boo. I really appreciate you hanging out with me here on the podcast and talking Star yeah, Wars, dude. A really good time. Um, and everybody out there, check out Till's Instagram page. It's Bullseyeing Womp Rats. I'm going to put a link in the podcast description notes. You can go there. He's always posting you know, stuff from the theme park, sharing his experiences, and just really cool stuff. And um, anything else, Till, you want to say before we bounce? No, man. I just, I'm, I'm very appreciative of you having me on. I enjoyed it. Um, it's always good to talk Star Wars with a fellow Star Wars lover. Yeah, it is. Um, I'd love to do it again. To- whenever totally. You, whenever you're willing. We totally. I know we had. I had some scheduling mishaps, you know, with my with sick kids and all that stuff. But we'll, we'll definitely have you back on and do another episode. All right, bro. I appreciate it. This party's over. I have spoken. The Force will be with you. Always. You're all clear, kid. Now let's go. Oh, my God.